0: This episode is brought to you by Rebus University. Hey guys, Pat here. You've heard me talk about Rebus University and the success we're having with it. Have over 120 people taking the listing agent course right now as we speak. Wanted to read you a, a comment. I've got seven comments, all five-star comments on it, and it says, "Wow, first-class material." Jeff Cohn is a rock star, Rachel Adams is a rock star, all the presenters deliver tons of value. Thank you Pat for drawing out that little extra from each presenter. If you are a realtor or thinking about becoming one, invest in yourself with Rebus University. I couldn't say it better. Dion hit it right on the head. We've had a ton of people graduate. The other day I read off the list. We've had a lot of people in there talking on the dialogue section. Some of the the greatest things that people like are are the way we talk about rapport building, commission enhancements, sales techniques, objection handling. All the good stuff that are going to help you beat your competition over and over again on listing appointments and never, ever, ever lose a listing again to a competitor. And we make sure that by creating quizzes, there's 42 tests that you got to take and get an 80% or better on before you get your certificate as a pass for a certified listing agent. So as a listener of the show, I I have a coupon, it's a hundred bucks off. Just go to hybendigital.com backslash discount, hybendigital.com backslash discount. It'll take you to the Rebus site. And uh, on the Rebus site, which is rebusuniversity.com, you can look at, you can even play in some of the modules. You can look at a couple of the, the videos for free. Kind of take it for a test run, highly recommend it and of course when you get the course on how to win every listing you get 28 downloads that are completely downloadable, print them out, change them, make, put your name on and make them the way you want that all these eight agents from around the world who are top, top, top listing agents use on a daily basis when they go on their listing appointment so in addition to the 10 hours plus a video the 42 quizzes and the 28 downloads you get all of that and then you get a discussion board where you can talk to other rebus students at the same time so hybindigitalcom backslash discount now on with the show Okay, Rockstar Nation. Man, we have a special guest today. I have a good friend. Kristen Cole is on the line. And Kristen's one thing now. And now, mind you, she's done many things, all real estate related, in the past. Uh, Her one thing now is expansion teams. And she's fired up about expansion teams and doing it the right way, not the wrong way. So we're going to dig deep into what is really working today with real estate expansion team so without further ado Kristen welcome to Pat Hybin interviews real estate rock stars
1: well it is so good to be here I haven't talked to you for such a long time but known you for quite a while and so it's a real pleasure and honor to be on your show today thank you so much
0: yeah thanks for coming on so um why don't you give us a little bio on you Kristen so they can get to know you better
1: oh lord um gosh um, I have been a real estate agent for 33 years I Purchased my first franchise two years after uh, graduating from college and, and starting in the business. And that was a Remax franchise. And I, I had two Remax franchises for 25 years. Moved to Keller Williams in 2009. Um, and did some, some work for the international company with uh, Talent Search. And then as the regional director for the Southwest region for Arizona and Nevada. And then in 2013, Gary and I had a conversation about getting in business together with regard to mega agent expansion, and so um, that started in 2013. But let me back up a second and also say, when I started into real estate at the age of 22, um, I, you know, there, as you know, there were no cell phones. Um, there certainly were no computers. Um, you know, it was present your offer in in person. Pushed 3d part on the on the copy that you were you know that the offer you were writing which was two pages long not 25 pages long So it was a very different era and I really you know didn't start building a team and teams were really unheard of Even when I did start building one in 1998. So I have a full seventh level team um, in Alaska uh, And then I have expansion agents in nine locations
0: Okay, wow, okay, so um, and this is really cool, and Kristen is very well-traveled. I mean, she has a seventh-level team in a house in Alaska. She has a house and a market center, Keller Williams Market Center in Arizona. She has a husband in Florida, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, of course, he has a house there. So, you True. know, uh, Denny Grimes, who's been on the show a few times, is uh, Kristen's husband. So, and newly,
1: and newly with Keller
0: Williams. Oh, okay, good. Congratulations. Uh, I didn't know that. I know he was there and then he left, right? And then he came no, back. No, he actually, he
1: actually has never actually been formally with the company, but he is as of now.
0: Okay. I, I guess he picked you as a sponsor? I hope so. <laughs> you don't <laughs> know <funny>. yet. <laughs> no, he did. He
1: actually joined the company as part of our admin team for doing some consulting Uh, for our expansion locations and so he's had a win more number for a couple of years but his license you know his actual he had three locations and so he's moving his offices to um, the naples office and the fort myers office
0: wow okay cool well okay so let's talk about expansion so first of all let's dumb it down you know because it is a it it is a term that some people listening might not be familiar with what is it what does it mean
1: Well, and and I'm so glad you said that. It really is very simple, uh, Pat. But it's just not easy. And expansion, in a nutshell, is when you can take your, you know, when you have a centralized hub. And when I say centralized, I don't mean geographically in one location. I mean centralized services. When you can, when you have a centralized hub that can produce centralized services for other locations around admin, lead gen, and leadership. Um, that is, in essence, the, the, the um, hub, if you will, for expansion. Expansion itself is just going into another location with an agent, um, so hiring a talented agent in that location, preferably as close to the hub as humanly possible, so that you get that natural, organic spillover of, of, of your lead generation. So it's really when you actually have that and you have more business in another location, you're referring a lot of that business out, naturally you, you would want to put an expansion agent there in that location who could drive that business for you. And so when you've got the profitability from your hub, when you have a centralized hub that has those administrative services and that lead can produce you know, leads in another location from that centralized area... Um, that's that's really the nuts and bolts of what expansion is, and people f- make it far too complicated.
0: Okay, so uh, let's take your real-life example. <gasps> mm-hmm. So you you have an office, uh, your team in Alaska, right? In and, Wasilla. Mm-hmm. In Wasilla. And so how many houses is that team in Alaska, Wasilla, Alaska, selling right now?
1: Eh, 250 a year.
0: Okay, 250 a year, so 20 a month, right? And uh, the last time you... We're in Alaska showing a buyer a house or meeting someone on a listing appointment was when?
1: 2005.
0: Okay. So 11 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And what sort of profits do you pull out of that Alaska team being you know, in Arizona and Florida and everywhere else and uh, clearly not there?
1: Well, it, it, you bring up a great point because the profitability is how you really um, allocate expenses. Here's how I look at it. If the expansion location in Anchorage went away tomorrow um, and and, and I have an expense associated with that and and that expense goes away too, then I attribute that to that expansion location. If the expansion location in Anchorage goes away tomorrow and I still have the expense, I still have it at the hub location, regardless of whether or not that team goes away, then I count it as a hub expense. So from my perspective, expansion can be highly, highly profitable. Um, because a lot of those expenses are already being absorbed by the hub and would have been absorbed by the hub beca- naturally anyway. So uh, our ability to ex- – let's just take Anchorage. Our ability to expand into Anchorage cost us very little money and was very profitable.
0: Okay, so so how far is Anchorage from Wasilla?
1: 45 miles.
0: Okay, so, f- so what's that, take an hour or so? Yeah,
1: well, actually, I mean, we have really good – i mean it's it's a direct shot to anchorage, so it might take you thirty five forty five minutes um at at the top if you're all the way across town maybe forty five minutes so it's a very you know it's it's only thirty five forty five minutes to anchorage
0: okay and what you're saying is if 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 you if you shut down the anchorage office today mm-hmm. you wouldn't fire anybody in wasilla
1: exactly okay exactly so, so there-
0: because of that uh every sail is above water almost or, or exactly. after the first quarter of a sale a month or so that's
1: pretty much you pretty much nailed it that's absolutely a flat fact
0: okay at what point should you hire more people at the hub
1: when you run out of capacity it's just it's not any different conversation than it is when you're building a seventh level team so i'll give you an example our closing coordinator can i mean she she can close 250 transactions without breaking a sweat um you get her to 350 now she now she's probably running at close to 100% So we know she has about another 100 deals in her before we need to hire another person to help support her. And what would that look like? Well, it would probably look exactly like that. It probably wouldn't be an additional closing coordinator. It probably would be support for her. It's sequential, Pat. And so right now, we know we have excess capacity at the hub that can generate more business um, without adding a, a lot of additional costs. So for us right now, every additional sale is profit because we aren't adding additional expenses, um, at the hub for that. When you, when you go outside of your current location or go across a state license or go outside of your state where licensing laws now come into play, etc. very different, very, very different.
0: Wow. Okay. So uh, that's fascinating. So, okay. So you, you know, you started out Wasilla, then you go to Anchorage and that makes sense, right? 30 mm-hmm. minutes away, what have you now, At what point did you decide to open the third one? And this is a lesson here. So, at what point do you teach? Let me rephrase this. At what point do you teach someone to open their third location, or actually their second expansion? Do they have to make a hundred grand, two hundred grand profit? What What's recommended?
1: What I can share with you is there is no magic number. But what I can tell you is, if you aren't profitable, you have no business opening up another location Um, because you're putting your hub at risk. So, for, for me personally, I can tell you. For me personally, I want I I want that hub throwing off at least at least two to three hundred thousand dollars of the profit before I would even consider expanding. Um, I'm I'm more conservative than most. Pat. When I when I expanded into Anchorage, the average sales price was a hundred thousand dollars higher, and the turnover ratio was much quicker. Mm. So it made a lot of sense, and it was so close to my current hub. The challenge is there's only one market center in Alaska. The challenge is the opportunity in Alaska to expand again is limited. So when you come from a state like that, and there, there are a few of them, you know, all of a sudden you look up one day and say, if I want more opportunity, I'm going to have to go outside of the state. Going outside of the state and expanding is a whole different animal um, because really it's like starting another real estate team in another location, the difference is you already have the well-oiled machine up and running, but you still have to produce leads in another location, and you still have to manage that transaction under those licensing laws. So it becomes a lot more complex, a lot more complicated, and less profitable when you cross the state line. So if anyone on this call hears today one thing from me, it's this: expand locally. And most of you are in states that have a lot of opportunity before you would ever need to consider going outside of your state.
0: Wow. Okay, great advice, guys. Expand locally. Now, I I had one agent say to me, he said, I didn't open my expansion team locally. He was, I, I forget where he was, Cleveland or something, until I was able to send three referrals a month to another agent in the expansion location." What do you think about that? Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think that's smart. Um, So when I say you're going into another location, for instance, maybe where you don't have name recognition or as much of it, um, typically we try to prime that pump at least six to nine months in advance, meaning... We're going to create that database, we're going to create those those phone numbers, we're going to start calling well in advance and getting those referrals going. So I'll give you an example, like in Utah. Uh, so I referred a lot of business to a very well-known Top 100 agent while I was looking for our expansion partner for that very reason, because you don't want to open up in a new location and have no leads. Um, leads aren't everything, but they're certainly a part of the value proposition. So when you, if you are going across the state lining and going into a location where you don't have that brand name recognition um, of your current brand, and you basically are, in essence, starting all over, then it doesn't. It just it just makes good sense to start lead generating in that location well before you open and just refer the leads out.
0: Yeah. Okay. So let's use that as an example, if we could. Okay. okay. So you, you you know now you're going you know multi-state. You're going into Utah. Mm-hmm. It, you spent six to nine months, you know, building a database, mm-hmm. uh, getting ready. You started getting some leads. You start referring them to an agent. Some of them mm-hmm. just turn into listings, turn into sales. You're feeling good. What did you do next? Did you fly down there and find somebody? What What's the process?
1: You know, it's interesting because um, it, it, you know, really the conversation, my right away conversation was the, with the regional operating principal, um, and and really talking with Scott about what my vision was and why I wanted to come into Utah, what I thought I could bring to the table, you know, as a win for the market center. And our conversation was really around what can I do for the market center as well. And based on on your knowledge of my business, Scott, you know, you have six market centers in, in Salt Lake City. Which one of you, Which one of them do you think we should be talking to that would be the best fit?
0: Mm. And
1: then we just had conversations. I actually did fly to Salt Lake City um met with a couple of team leaders there and and really shared with them what I'm looking for. And I think that that relationship is so key. It, it, you know, if you think relationships are important before you expand, if you don't have that relationship in expansion with that team leader and OP and regional director, you are just making it 10 times more difficult for yourself. When you involve them in the front end, path, they naturally want to help you.
0: Yeah, it's almost like you created a, a competitive sort of situation. You went into Utah, Salt Lake City. You talked to two or three office managers, and then and then and then you left, right? And then they're thinking, "Wow, I want one of my agents to do right." And and then they start giving you referrals of, why don't you try this person? Is that kind of what happened?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'll give you an example that happened in Orlando. Um, I had a team leader, Rick Bosley, who called me and said, we'd really love for you to expand into our market center. And we have some candidates for you to consider. Mm. And we know you're coming to Orlando here next month to teach ESO. We'd love to bring them to the class. We'd love for you to have dinner with them and just see where things where things go ended up hiring so one of the gentlemen he was from another company a small independent ended up hiring him him um, him at that time that was back in gosh march i believe um just met with him again last week when i was in orlando and he's he's really really doing well he was rookie of the year um last year and at his old company and and has certainly hit the ground running with us and so that was very much an example of where i had I had talked to Georgia Alpazar, the regional director in Florida, let her know, you know, would it be okay for, you know, here's our vision, here's our roadmap, our, our, our business plan, etc. We'd love to come here. She said, absolutely. Then, you know, got in touch with some of the team leaders. They brought candidates to me. We interviewed them and ended up selecting one of them who then came, joined Keller Williams, joined our our network and is doing very well. That's what I would say would be, you know, textbook Um, Of of, of, uh, certainly a win for me and a win on their side is being willing to go in and teach, um, you know, classes so that they can recruit to those classes, both from outside the market center, and then of course, allow their agents inside the market center to take those classes too. So it really becomes a a really about the relationship between the leadership and and helping find the right agent that's going to be the right fit for our team.
0: Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, I think, you know, if if you come in with a different frame, it's going to be like, oh, they're stealing an agent from me because. Oh, sure. Right. You know, but if you come in where they're involved from the beginning, then they're they're part of the growth.
1: Absolutely. And like I said, they want that person to then succeed. Yeah. They've been part of the process. They've been part of the vetting. And it just changes the dynamic 100%.
0: Okay, so a couple of things, guys. Um, first of all, ESO, which Kristen has mentioned several times, is Expansion Systems Operations, right?
1: Expansion Systems Orientation. Orientation.
0: Yes. And this Orientation. is this is a course that, that you teach, right? Mm-hmm. All over the place. Right? All
1: over the country. All uh-huh. over the
0: country. And you are the official vice president of expansion operations for Keller Williams Real Estate.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Who's the president?
1: Um, I guess I would be Gary Keller.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I saw that on your email. I was like, well, she, I, she should be president, you know? Well. <laughs> well, I guess you got to work up to something, right? Sure. <laughs> okay. So uh, back to specifics so people can learn. I think what everyone is thinking is, yeah, that's well and good. She's going around opening uh, seven or nine expansion offices, but <coughs> how – is she getting leads into the hub
1: great question how do any of us get leads um you know if we really come at it from a multi-pronged that we do have the companies so to speak in two or three years but in the meantime what are we going to do today well you do the same things that you did when you started in real estate you call you do open houses you door knock um, you lead generate either through pay per click or Boomtown or Offers.com, I and mean, you do the exact same things that you did to build the business to begin with. And the sooner that you get, we we have really in the last five or six years in my in my business world changed from being marketing based and prospecting enhanced to the exact opposite. We're very prospecting based, and so we really when we decide to go into a location, we test it first and. To make sure that you know, with with what we're doing, that we can create the now business, why we build the long term business, and and when you think about it that way, Pat, then even if for some reason the leader that you've chosen in that location for some reason you know ends up not being a fit, you're still building the business, and so it's like anything else, even at your hub, you know, someone leaves, okay, you're still building, you still built a business, and you're replacing that person. So for me. It's important that when I go into a location, it's a location that I'm going to want to be in, period, regardless of of the who, meaning if they win the lottery tomorrow and I have to replace them, is this a location I want to be in? So I think it gets back to creating the leads is all about um, conversion, calling and conversion scripts and having people who can call into that location for sale by owners, expired, circle prospecting cold calling and creating that pipeline of business that when you look up six to nine months later, now you're starting to see the fruit of it.
0: So in that six to nine month period, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. Before you're going into Florida or Utah, how much money and time does the hub spend in building that up?
1: About $1,500 a month.
0: Okay. That's great. I, I thank you for being so specific too. I love these numbers. You know, two to three hundred thousand profit at the hub. We didn't get to the exact number, but I kind of get maybe a hundred grand at at each expansion is (laughs) ideal before you start expanding to the next. Would you say?
1: Well, I think your your first expansion is where you learn everything. It really truly is. Um, By the time you have really worked all the kinks out with the first one, I mean the cost of going into another location. I mean, our budget is thirty five hundred dollars a month initially. It's fifteen hundred when we go when we Absolutely, are ready to go and launch. It's it's ongoing expense of about thirty five hundred dollars a month, and so you now you can see why with thirty six transactions a year you can be highly profitable in another location based mm-hmm. on an average sales price, let's say of two fifty, um, at at a you know a commission rate. You know, I'm not trying to standardize, yeah, mission, yeah, but yeah, just no say three percent. I get it. You know, you can see where you can be. Uh, you know, you're probably four or five thousand
0: dollars profit each one, um, right? Yeah, and so all of twenty, hundred, thirty thousand.
1: Yeah, it's about a hundred thousand dollars per location, based on those statistics, based on those closed units and that average sales price. And so you can all of a sudden, in year two and three, look at fifty to seventy transactions mm. being done. And now you look up and three locations is throwing off another net of a million dollars a year.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is awesome. So so what, um, first of all, what do you spend the 1500 on?
1: On an ISA. That's uh, it. Uh, someone calling, outbound sales agent and calling.
0: And they're calling for listings, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, and then when, when you get the agent and they're up and running after your mm-hmm. six to nine-month incubation period, mm-hmm. what do you spend the 3500 on?
1: So the additional 2000 we spend on, um, we allocate part of our, our, our virtual assistants who do a lot of the back-end work for the agents. Um, also, we um, um, work with Offers.com, and we have a territory for each of those folks that we purchase, um, and we're continuing to u- we use Happy Grasshopper. To nurture all of those leads that um, you know aren't ready to list today, but are ready to list in six months. So those, the, all of those things, including you know the, our website for that location, each of those things costs money. And so we we have just done it long enough now that we know it's about thirty five hundred dollars a month for us to do those things. And then also if you're in another state Pat, where the licensing laws are different you're gonna to have to hire that closing and listing coordination. And we do per transaction um, until we have enough volume to support a full-time person. So, you know, I can just tell you that for instance, in Florida, our closing coordination is $250 per transaction. And our listing coordination is 150. So that gives you an idea of, of of the cost, but the base costs are about thirty five hundred, and then there's some per transaction costs as well.
0: So, are you saying that uh, you in in some of these states you can't do it from Alaska?
1: You can do all of the client coordination. You can do all of the af, uh, client care after care. Um, you can certainly build the databases, obviously. But if you're going to um, have any conversations with the seller that will require a license then they've got to be licensed in that state. In that
0: state. Okay. So you're either so, going to have to get your girl licensed in Alaska for Florida, or you just find someone there that does a per transaction coordination. Well, you bring up
1: but, a great point. Why didn't we just get our person hired or licensed in those other states? Because she only has about 100, 100 unit capacity left, and we have two expansion people in Anchorage town. So we made the business decision to keep her capacity there and we instead hired hired it a la carte in the other locations although in Arizona we do have someone that's full time now
0: yeah well and a la carte works phenomenal because um, really well. in, my, in my opinion because you know chances are they're going to be doing it for other agents already and they're going to understand it and they're going to be they're not going to have to study you know they're not absolutely. going to have to learn and if you have a a bad month you don't have to pay them so oh
1: sure sure it makes complete sense when you're building the business absolutely makes complete sense
0: wow Okay, so what lessons have you learned as to what not to do, and what do you see other agents out there doing that you that you're like, oh my God, that's that's not good?
1: Uh, they're they're making the same mistakes that most of us made early on, and that is we tried to take everything that we do at the hub to another location, and so what I we've learned to simplify, 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 and if it's not something that we're that we're doing in an expansion location, then the question came up, why do we even do it at the hub anymore? And so we got very, I would say, we very efficient. We have simplified the, the process and we have simplified the business plan for expansion. Um, and that, that was just a learning lesson. We just thought, of course, we're gonna do everything we do at the hub in another location. And that was just silliness. Um, the more that we have simplified, uh, the better. And as you can imagine, I built my entire business in Alaska around mountains and snow. Mm. And there isn't any of that in Arizona. And so having to go back and completely retool all of our marketing, um, you know, our background in Alaska was mountains and snow. And we we just had to think long term. Long term, what does this need to look like so that we can do this in any location quickly? You know, listing presentations built around... You know, a, 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 a mindset in a and and the marketing and the visual of for any location. So really, we had to undo and redo everything. Once we did that, then going into another location, um, it was certainly it wasn't easy, but it certainly was a lot simpler.
0: So so if I'm an agent, right? Let's say okay, I want to do South Carolina or Maryland. I want to be, you know, on your expansion team. What mm-hmm. sort of training? do I get from your expansion team?
1: And that's a good question, too, because people ask all the time, should you hire someone new? Should you hire someone seasoned? And I, I think it depends on, on, on how you're approaching it. If you're going into a location where, you know, the, the market supports, you know, a single agent and may not support, you know, three or four or five, uh, then you very well may want someone who has some, You know, it's been in the business a year or two and has some skill level. I I think if you're going into an area that could support an expansion team of four or five, you've got to have a leader there who is skilled and who has been trained. Um, It just works out much better. You know, if you think about it, most of us at our hubs we hire new people and we train them the way that we want them to sell real estate, and that works fine in the hub. But when you go into a new location and you're not there every day to train them you're not there every day to tell them what to do. Um, I think we we take way too much for granted um, the processes that we go through at The Hub and we think it's one thing and when you go to another location, you find out it's not. And what I mean by Mm. that is um, you're gonna be more successful, for instance, here in Phoenix, Arizona, if you have a lead agent who is skilled and they may be um, helping or overseeing two or three other agents, Who maybe don't have the same skill level or maybe newer so I think it just depends but for the most part I would say um, you've got to have a talented person period period Um, you've got to have somebody that can get up every day and do what they need to do without you there telling them to do it uh,
0: okay and uh, but that being said are you FaceTiming them are you you know Google meetings are you you know what what exists uh, that you find yourself doing with all your locations if anything
1: well, as soon as we're off this call, I told you I had a webinar at um, right after this call, and it is company-wide, so nine location-wide, and we're launching our new, you know, what is our new message and what is the mode that that message is going to be delivered in and what are our scripts around it. So it's, you know, everyone will be on that webinar together, um, you know, to, to, for, for me to train them and share with them the why behind we're do, why we're doing this what are we doing? What do I need from them? And how is it going to roll out? Wow. So, yes, you have to have training, absolutely. Um, you've got to have accountability. It is absolutely no different than leading people in your hub. You know, there's got to be someone that's that's doing a, day, a weekly, you know, accountability meeting with them based on their 411. Um, there has to be training. There has to be script practice. It doesn't change. The only difference is that you're leading sometimes from afar.
0: And, and and so what is the name of your expansion team?
1: Uh, the Kristen Cole Real Estate Network. So it's Lifestyle Homes Worldwide and then each city or state, Lifestyle Homes of Scottsdale. And they're all a member of the Kristen Cole Real Estate Network.
0: Okay. So when they go, I mean, that's a mouthful. When they go on a listing appointment, are they saying, mm-hmm. hi, I'm with the Kristen Cole Real Estate <laughs> Network of Lifestyle Expansion no. Teams? No.
1: No, I would say not. I mean, when we do circle prospecting and things like that, they do say the Kristen Call Real Estate Network. But for the most part, you know, I, I think a lot of people get tied up in that, you know, gosh, it, you need to be saying our brand all the time. The, the thing of it is, are you leading people and helping them get to where they want to go? And whether they say Keller Williams or they say the full mouthful, I'm not tied. I'm not really. The, the ego matter. goes out the yeah. door. It doesn't matter. What matters is, are you helping them get to where they want to go? and getting there faster and with more support than it would have been on their own. And that's what they're really looking for. Is they, Most people, if you waved a magic wand and you said, gosh, if you could do anything you wanted to do today, what would it be? Very few agents would say, give me more paperwork. You know, um, Let me be in charge of, of, of all the lead generation and, and let me be financially responsible for all that. Oh, I can't wait. No, they would say, get all that off my plate. Let me go do what I can do. And it eliminates a lot of the responsibility from them, of course, um, and allows them to do what they want to do and end up with a net, net, net to them rather than, um, oh, my gosh, I've got to res- I've, I have got to manage. But most people who are good salesmen are not good business people. And so managing the business is very difficult for them and time consuming. And most people don't want to do it. And if you can show them a pathway to get to where they want to go without having to do that, they're all in.
0: So um, and I know the jury's not out yet. I know, you know, a lot of this is new and a lot of people are trying different things with expansion mm-hmm. teams, yourself included. At what point do you think it's realistic for someone to expect to make a million dollars profit on an expansion team? Would that be a hundred grand each one times 10? Not including um, the base.
1: It depends on what year they started. But if let's just say you're in year three. In year three, In year three, you could net another million dollars with three or four additional locations. Are are yours? Uh, Well, we only have one that's past year two, and that's Alaska. And those two, Alaska is doing obscenely well. Um, um, I'll be very candid with you Scottsdale didn't earn a profit for a year, Denver, we were profiting immediately. Um, Fort Collins, we've only been in a couple of months and are not profitable yet. Um, Orlando, we were profitable immediately. so it it depends on the location. Last year, we had three agents inside of our company that each uh, grossed over one point five million in GCI from their expansion locations alone. And the highest was one point eight million. So it's it's um now that's not their net profit. I can just tell you, that um, last month at a meeting with Gary, most of them are between 20 and 30 percent of overall profitability, including their hub. So, um, actually, some of them were at 40 percent, um, but the majority of them were in the 20 to 30 percent range because they're no longer in production at all.
0: Okay, so they're at six to eight hundred thousand. So we're basically we're on the cusp of someone making a million dollars on expansion, net. To this, but net, but nobody has done it yet. That you they know They haven't of. done it yet. No. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, they have certainly grossed it. Um, this year, the gross will probably – well, not probably. I already know someone that will hit the $3 million mark. Okay. So my guess is this year we will have someone – not my guess. This year we will have someone that nets a million
0: That's from their great.
1: expansion locations alone.
0: That's great. That's great. So so what do you say to these agents? And, and believe me, there's more than you know or maybe you do know. And I've interviewed a few of them on this show. And their thought is, man, this expansion is a gold rush. I am going to take all my profits from my hub and I'm going to push them into expansion. And I'm going to have within X amount of years, usually three to five years, I'm going to have 20 expansion offices or I'm going to have 10 expansion offices. And I'm not needing to make profit now. I'm doing it because I want them in place, and I want to be the first in that location. Uh, What do you say to them?
1: I would say um, the first thoughts in my head, Pat, were that silliness. Um, That sounds like a lot about ego to me.
0: Yeah, well, I think that would be the answer, right? I mean, I think that... Well, um...
1: because, I mean, can you imagine Walmart making that statement or Nordstrom making that statement? I mean, when you hear businesses make statements about growing they're typically doing it because they have the opportunity to take territory and make profit and so for those folks that you know that, that they have alternative motives outside of building a big business with profitability um, I ju- just would caution them I don't know why they would want to go down that path that sounds see it sounds to me like a lot of effort force for some first for some things that I don't value I value profit I value having a good business Um So what I would also say is that for anyone listening on this call that wants to earn a profit and build a business, expand locally. It's really important, Pat, that people understand that the people that are, you know, I I do have that document in front of me in case you want me to talk about what what have people done right versus not right. I would just say that the people that have not succeeded in expansion have chased a shiny object, meaning... I live in Minnesota, and I've always wanted to vacation in, in Florida, and I have a cousin who lives there, so I think I'm going to expand there. Well, can you imagine, you know, any business making a decision like that to expand?
0: I, I see it all the time. Right. I see, that, it, I see it all the time. I'm like, they live in Maryland, and they're expanding to Los Angeles. And I, 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 Why? What? I mean, why? You know, oh, well, I have a sister-in-law that lives out there, or <laughs> So what should they do? What? How do you? Okay, I hear you. You say expand locally, right? So, right. so go thirty miles. Go go a half hour to an hour out. How many? Uh, how do you determine how many local expansions to do and how many uh, other states to do? How do you do it?
1: Well, first of all, uh, you know, when we expanded into Arizona, I really got my comeuppance um, because I didn't know what I didn't know. And here's what I mean by that. I expanded into Anchorage, Pat. It was so easy that I thought I was a genius uh, because organically, the leads naturally were were happening. We were we had naturally organic referrals into Anchorage, and it it, it was it literally did not cost money. It produced an immediate result, um, and you can you can get to thinking that oh my goodness, expansion is easy. Um, well, it is simple. But it's not easy. And the moment you cross a state line, the complexity, just from the licensing laws, the MLS rules, et cetera, um, just geometrically um, expand. There's there, there's so much more complexity. So, you know, how for for us now, you know, now we kind of have the roadmap when we go into a location. We know how fast we can build the database, we know how fast we can turn on the leads. Um, for t- today business, etc., And we know, we have that formula. We know what that looks like. But for someone who's never done it before, let's just let's just say, use Arizona. We have 10 market centers right here in, in Metro Phoenix. Uh, I'm on the, you know, I'm in North Scottsdale. So let's say yeah. I wanted to expand down into Chandler, the East Valley. It's clearly a 45 minute drive on a good day. But with traffic, it could be an hour and 15 minutes. So Chandler, um, that would be a, there's a market center there. That would be a great area to expand into if, number one, our, all of a sudden we had a lot of leads going to Chandler, or number two, a talented person showed up and said, I'd love to be in business with you and Chandler. I already have a sphere of influence. I already have a database. I need your lead generation machine. I need your administrative team and your leadership to help me get there faster. Those would be good reasons that I would expand into Chandler. A a reason that I would not expand is I've got a cousin there and I've always wanted to have a vacation home there. And so I would just think expanding to Chandler would be fantastic.
0: Wow. Interesting. Interesting. And are you looking at any, you know, I mean, you're, you've gone, you know, you've stretched pretty far. So Mm -hmm. uh, is there any demographic information that you're using or uh, what do you use?
1: Well, I would just say for most of us that have expanded and learned a lot, we know one thing. For most of us, it's not gonna work at the average sales price, is at least two fifty. And we we need at least a, a farm area of three thousand, preferably five thousand, where the turnover ratio is at least six percent. So if you have a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar sales price, you have a, a farm area of five thousand with a turnover ratio of six percent, and then you have a lead gen- generation lever, meaning OSAs, ISAs that can cultivate now business and there are enough phone numbers to cultivate now business for, for that team. That's what we're looking for as a minimum in terms of minimum um, um, market demographics that we would want to see. Then you have to take into consideration a lot of other things. What's the net in migration? Is it higher or lower than, than um, you know, the, the national average? What's the unemployment rate? Is there any one, employer that, that that monopolizes the marketplace. So there's a lot of other things to consider. How many market centers are there? Have those market centers been to ESO? Are they part of the mega agent expansion? Um, does the team leader want to work with us to attract talent to their market center? So there's a lot of other things, but, but red light, green light for most of us is we have to have at least an average sales price of 250 with a turnover ratio of at least 6%, or it doesn't matter how talented the person is in that location, we're probably not going there because it's not going to work for us.
0: I love that, and I thank you so much for all the specifics that you've offered today. Earlier, before the call, you mentioned a document you use in, in your class uh, expansion systems orientation, which is the, the the 20 best practices of expansion teams. Sure. And I was wondering, would you be willing to email that to me so Absolutely. I could share it with our audience?
1: Love to, love to, love to be able to give that to you as a gift. Um, and it is a gift. This is two to three years of data coming from the agents in the field who have expanded. And so if, if anyone's even considering it, reading this document and um, becoming a member of our group, Would be the two smartest things that they
0: could do. That's awesome. And I'm going to put everything we've talked about today, which is a lot, guys, a lot of information and a lot of very candid specifics. So if you're thinking about expanding, listen to this two or three times at hybendigital.com backslash Kristen Cole, and it's K R I S T A N C O L E. Or you can go to the search bar. In hybendigital.com, and just type in Kristen. She's probably the only Kristen we've had. And uh, Kristen, thanks again. I know you're running a busy schedule. Thanks so much for coming on today, and thanks for sharing that document, uh, which I'll put on the website as well.
1: Absolutely, it's my pleasure, Pat, and it's so good to uh, chat with you. We haven't talked in a long time, so thank you so much for having me as your guest. It was my honor.
0: This episode is brought to you by Rebus University. Hey guys, Pat here. You've heard me talk about Rebus University and the success we're having with it. Have over 120 people taking the listing agent course right now as we speak. Wanted to read you a, a comment. I've got seven comments, all five-star comments on it. And it says, Wow, first class material jeff cone is a rock star rachel adams is a rock star all the presenters deliver tons of value thank you pat for drawing out that little extra from each presenter if you are a realtor or thinking about becoming one invest in yourself with rebus university i couldn't say it better dion hit it right on the head We've had a ton of people graduate. The other day I read off the list. We've had a lot of people in there talking on the dialogue section. Some of the, the greatest things that people like are, are the way we talk about rapport building, commission enhancements, sales techniques, objection handling, all the good stuff that are going to help you beat your competition over and over again on listing appointments and never, ever, ever lose a listing again to a competitor. And we make sure that by creating quizzes, there's 42 tests that you got to take and get an 80% or better on before you get your certificate as a pass for a certified listing agent. So as a listener of the show, I I have a coupon, it's a hundred bucks off. Just go to hybendigital.com backslash discount, hybendigital.com backslash discount. It'll take you to the Rebus site. And uh, on the Rebus site, which is rebusuniversity.com, you can look at, you can even play in some of the modules. You can look at a couple of the, the videos for free of take it for a test run highly recommend it and of course when you get the course on how to win every listing you get 28 downloads that are completely downloadable print them out change them make put your name on and make them the way you want that all these eight agents from around the world who are top 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 listing agents use on a daily basis when they go on their listing appointment. so in addition to the 10 hours plus a video the 42 quizzes and the 28 downloads you get all of that and then you get a discussion board where you can talk to other rebus students at the same time so hypendigital.com backslash discount